thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. It's time to kick your shoes off, put your heels up, and listen to how to live your best barefoot lifestyle with your host, the barefoot podiatrist, Paul Thompson. Hello, and welcome back to the Barefoot Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, and it's my goal to help you build a body that supports itself rather than a body reliant on artificial support. Now, with the new year in full swing, uh, it's time for me to send my eldest son off to primary school. That's going to be a big, big moment, but what I've realized um, with, I guess, the back-to-school stuff is just how how big an emphasis is placed around getting the right school shoes and also there's a lot of misconceptions and some tricky marketing out there that can, can make it quite confusing. And I wanted to have a bit of a talk today about, about that and see if we can help demystify the back-to-school shoe-buying adventure. Pretty much most things back to school will tell you that you need a stiff, supportive shoes and not much flexibility. You shouldn't be able to twist the shoe easily. Otherwise, the shoe doesn't provide enough support. There should be a good heel on the shoe. You know, one of the websites even mentioned that a small heel can keep the foot in a neutral position, unlike an entirely flat shoe, which can cause toes to claw when walking so you know is this true and the answer is no it's not there's a lot of stuff out there and a lot of marketing tricks that are trying to get us to buy school shoes they're not trying to get us to buy healthy feet in fact you kind of wonder whether these companies really care about the health and development of the feet that are going into them or if they're more worried about selling shoes because it's really easy to sell shoe features. You know, it's just a matter of creating some scare tactics. So, you know, cushioning sounds reasonable. You want to reduce stress through the body, you put more cushioning, right? Well, actually... (laughs) Putting more cushioning takes away the body's natural ability to absorb shock. So it's like walking around blindfolds on and expecting our eyes to work properly. They're not going to. And same as our shock absorbers, our natural shock absorbers don't work as well when we have excess cushioning under the feet. We're also told to get stiffer, supportive shoes. But for what? Like the Feet have a lot of bones, a lot of muscles, a lot of nerves, all designed to help support the whole body. So the foot is more than capable of supporting itself, especially when in tune with the rest of the body. Stiff, supportive shoes, however, take the need for the body to support itself away when we start overcompensating with supports. Then the old use it or lose it 
model comes in, and if we're not using our feet's natural ability to support themselves, then of course they're going to get weaker and more dysfunctional. Raised heels in shoes. So a lot of shoes, school shoes now, they'll have at least a centimeter heel built into the shoe. Now that's going to change the center of gravity for one, as well as shorten the calves and Achilles, changes the way the toes um, will move, like they're all then bent upwards because of the heel pushing the toes into that position. So that's when you end up with your clawed toes not being in a, a flat shoe. So as a parent, it can get really confusing about what to buy and what's best for our children. And unfortunately, at the moment, we're in this model of trying to sell features that might prevent things from happening. But in reality, those features that are meant to prevent things from happening also prevent the natural development and motor skills to develop as well. So footwear is a, a huge thing, and it really gets me angry to see young kids in these really rigid, locked-up, supportive shoes because especially primary school, like these little kids like five years of age are still growing and developing, yet we're taking away their foundations. We're taking away the ability to create strength from the ground up. You know, then you start putting um, chairs into the equation and tight uniforms at certain schools. They all start to change movement patterns and it's no wonder posturally we end up with kids that like have terrible posture and end up with aches and pains and niggles that kids just shouldn't be getting. You know, I'm seeing more and more kids in the clinic that traditionally would be needing more orthotics and more supportive shoes because their feet are that weak and dysfunctional, their hips are dysfunctional, that they're getting pain and injury before the age of 10. Like That's not cool. And a lot of it, I believe, comes down to the shoes we're putting our kids in and the positions that kids are stuck in all day at school, such as chairs. Chairs at the moment are going to be harder to change in our schooling system, although hopefully in the near future we'll start to see more movement within classrooms, the option to maybe have standing desks or sitting on the ground or squatting, whatever it may be. But at the moment, yeah, if your kid has to sit in a chair at school, then that's kind of how it is. So from the movement point of view, I think it's important that we look at how we can counterbalance positions that kids are in all day. So whether that's, you know, if they're stuck in the chair all day, then when they get home, how do we get them out of that position? You know, is it doing their homework in a squatting position, in a standing desk? Is it going and listening to some homework on, on earphones whilst walking along the beach and actually moving like, it's trying to think of ways and be a little bit more conscious about getting our kids to move more and get into some natural 
human positions such as squatting and standing um, rather than just sitting in chairs. Back to school shoes, it's the same sort of thing. If our kids are stuck in these rigid, supportive, heeled shoes for eight hours a day, then we really need to make sure that when they're not at school, that they're out of shoes, they're back in the neutral position if you choose to send your kids to school in a heeled shoe, that when your child finishes school, they go and walk over some rocks, some grass, some sand, some natural surfaces that get the feet moving and strengthening themselves rather than being in a shoe at school, being in a shoe after school at sport. Like, where does it end? Okay, our kids don't need to be in shoes as much and as often as they are. Which brings me to the next point. If your kids have to wear shoes at school, there are better options out there than what's commonly marketed to us. Now, unfortunately, the healthier options can be harder to find. There are some brands out there that are starting to cater more for uh, the school shoes. When I'm looking for school shoes, I'm looking that they don't have a raised heel. I want to make sure that the shoe, the ball of the foot, is on the same level as the heel. So it's all nice and flat. The foot and legs and hips can all function in a nice neutral plane. Because when that heel is starting to get raised, that center of gravity tilts forward. We start compensating by pulling the hips into a different position, which changes the position of the lower back can change the position of the shoulders right down to the way the knees, the glutes, the ankles, the arches in the feet, the big toe. It can change everything just by adding a small heel. And we need to remember that wearing heels every now and then, that's very different to sending a child who's growing and developing and learning new motor skills every day in the same raised heel like it's not a healthy position to be in for short term for kids let alone you know day after day which equates for memory to about eight thousand something hours per year like it's huge now another feature that shoe companies um, will market and normally when you're buying a shoe they'll tell you you need wiggle room at the toes which is true, you need wiggle room, but more importantly, you need splay room. Okay, so wiggling your toes up and down is one thing, but having the ability to splay your toes apart is more important. Having them all squished together changes the position of the toe joints, okay, which can change the way that the muscles fire around the toes. So where possible, try and find those shoes where you can really splay the toes. Simple way of checking that is take the insole out of the shoe, take your tracing on a bit of paper of your child's foot, get them to relax their foot, spread their toes out if they can, trace around the foot so you get an outline of the child's foot, put the insole of the shoe or even the shoe over the tracing you've just done and if you can see any parts of the foot the foot tracing then 
the insole's too narrow, which means the shoe is too narrow. And that's going to, over time, you know, put you at more risk of things like clawed toes, bunions, um, amongst many other things. When the big toe starts getting pulled in because of that tapered shoe, then it can start to affect one of the main muscles down the inside of the arch, which is the abductor hallucis muscle. When that big toe is out of position, it makes it harder for that muscle to fire, but even more so, it makes it harder for it to fire at the right time. Okay, so muscles need to fire at the right time for efficient movement. If they fire too late or too early, then the efficiency is gone and you're at more risk of um, injury or pain. Now, the stiff, rigid in, uh, midsole of shoes and so not being able to twist the shoe is a common thing that we're told we need to buy. But again, the foot, when you look at how it's meant to function, when the foot lands on the ground, it should be a mobile adapter, okay, which means it should be your foot should be unlocked, it should be able to absorb impact by pronating or flattening the arch out, it should be able to adapt to the surface underneath the foot, so if it's a flat surface or a concrete, uh, um, sort of rocky undulating surface, whatever it may be, the foot can adapt to that. Then as pressure is applied and you start to wind up onto the big toe, the foot will then become rigid and lock itself to then propel forward using that stiff sort of rigid lever um, as a force to create, to create movement. When you're in a stiff, rigid shoe, you lose that ability to have that mobile adapter so your foot no longer adapts to the surfaces underneath you. They're kind of the big ones. There's other features that I try and avoid, but the main ones are definitely a flat heel, nice and wide at the toes, and nice and flexible through the midsole. Okay, they're definitely the main ones. You also want to make sure the shoe has like laces or Velcro to keep the foot um, strapped in. If you have to claw your toes to keep the shoe on, like with a, a thong, then that creates other issues. But most school shoes have laces or, or Velcro, so that's not a, a big deal. So looking at the foot and the child's foot developing, it's important to also note that the foot the arch of the foot doesn't develop till around the age of six to kind of nine, give or take. So the way we do that and create a nice, strong, healthy arch is by using the foot, using the muscles around the arch to create strength, right? And the way we do that is by not locking the foot up in the shoe. So ideally, I'd love to see in the future schools that allow us to allow our kids to go completely barefoot in the classroom or um, in the playground. But at the moment, a lot of, shoe, a lot of schools you know, make you wear shoes. It's part of the um, uniform, part of the OH&S kind of issues. So if you need to wear shoes, look for those features. And if you want to find out more, um, check out the website, uh, thebarefootmovement.com.au. Check out the events page. Um, I do a few talks every now and then, so check out if there's any near you. 
Um, there's a lot of Q&As in those talks. So if you have questions, come along and we can go through any concerns or questions you have. Otherwise, I also have a previous podcast, the Shoe Spiracy one. There's a little bit more in-depth about some of the footwear issues. Or online, I have a uh, talk as well um, or a presentation around kids' feet and healthy feet. So that goes into some of the features and explains a bit more as well with some visuals um, about some of those features I just spoke about. So remember, our, our feet and our kids' feet, they're developing, okay? They need to be used to develop those motor skills and that strength that they need to get them through life. And the feet are not just the feet, right? They're linked to the rest of the body and they play a huge role in telling the rest of the body what to do. The nerves in the feet are designed to fire and give the brain constant feedback when moving and when the foot's getting into different positions. So it's important we let that natural thing happen. Now, from a non-kind of physical, postural point of view, some other benefits to being barefoot when at school is improved working memory, right? So Dr. Tracy Alloway, who I've interviewed in the past on the podcast her research the evidence kind of points towards the fact that if kids were barefoot more often as well it then forces them to be more conscious about what they're stepping on and how they're moving which helps improve working memory which can be really important especially around exam times um, when we need to be recalling information quickly and using that working memory um, efficiently Another study done in the UK also showed that in schools, kids who were barefoot in class were able to engage more in lessons um, and actually did better in their schooling than kids that were in shoes. And then from a postural point of view, we've got the study that was also done recently that showed kids who were barefoot more often actually have better motor skills, so jumping, running, that type of thing, than kids who are in shoes more often. So there's huge benefits to getting our kids barefoot more often or at least out of those stiff, rigid, structured shoes. Don't be, like, scared. <laughs> like, a lot of the marketing is pushing you to to get your kid into these stiff, rigid shoes. But I encourage you to make some of your own like decisions. <laughs> research what you need to research to make the most informed decision you can to give your child the best start in life. Okay, Remember that a lot of the big footwear brands are trying to sell you shoe features so you keep buying more shoes. Okay, it's like, they create a problem to then fix that didn't need fixing in the first place. Okay, it's easy to bring out the, the latest and greatest cushioning or the motion control or the you know, anti-pronation roll bars and all these things that sound great and makes it sound like we're protecting our kids' feet and we're giving them 
you know, all these great features that surely should do them really well, but it's just selling features. And if your child doesn't need it, then you could be doing more harm than good. And by all means, some of these shoes can be great in certain situations. Okay, so as a treatment, which is how I view these shoes, to treat an injury, then having a rigid sort of shoe can help in certain situations, like when you break your arm and you use a, a stiff, rigid plaster cast to help heal the broken limb. So too can a shoe, if there's an injury, it can be a time and place where that sort of shoe can help. But again, it's a treatment, okay? It's not a one-size-fits-all when it comes to those features, okay? Like we're not trying to prevent, like in 90-odd percent of children, that if we didn't introduce shoes and stiff, rigid shoes early on in their life, they probably wouldn't have a lot of the issues we see in adults um, with the way they walk and move, okay? Because these shoes change the way we we actually walk. It changes our gait patterns, which may not seem like a big deal at first. I mean, a lot of parents, when they first put their kids into shoes when they're, you know, one or two years of age, I've heard people say, oh, it's so cute, you know, like they'll look at them walk, like they'll get used to it soon. But they shouldn't need to get used to it. <laughs> That's the point. Okay? When kids walk funny, like be Frankenstein type of gait pattern when they first put shoes on for the first time, that's them mentally trying to work out how to actually move with this device on my foot. There's nothing natural about that. Humans are pretty good, though, at adapting to situations. So we put something, you know, stiff and rigid on our hand or we put a plastic cast on our arm or stiff, rigid shoes on our feet. We learn to get around that to survive. So we'll use the other arm if the if one arm's in a cast. If our feet are really locked up in rigid shoes, we'll change the way we walk to get around that stiff, rigid area that doesn't let our foot move how it should. Like we may not see any issues straight up, apart from just the child walking a bit differently or less naturally. But it's you know, that pattern time and time again that creates eventually a breakdown in either muscle or joint um, patterns, which leads to pain and injury. So yeah, I really encourage you to, like I said, make some informed decisions around what you're putting on your child's feet. If you feel like your child needs rigid support, get an opinion, get a professional opinion. Um, and by someone who really understands functional movement, we're not, yeah, we're not trying to prevent anything at that at those early years. In my view, all we're trying to do is guide the child to move as naturally as possible so they can work it out for themselves. Okay, they can build the strength, build the good range of motion that they need to get them through life. We don't need to interfere in those early years. In fact, a lot of treatment I give kids these days is getting them out of those stiff, rigid shoes. There might be some exercises built in around that, but a lot of the issues I see stem from the child not being able to move efficiently because of stiff, rigid shoes.
if you want to learn more, there's some stuff on the website. So once again, it's thebarefootmovement.com.au. And yeah, remember, have a think about how long your child is in shoes and how important it is to keep our children moving as natural as possible and to not buy into all the hype that we see on TV and in stores with the marketing of what we supposedly need. Let's start the year off with good, strong foundations for these little ones and even the older ones and check out some some barefoot shoes, some minimalist shoes. So thanks again for listening in and I look forward to catching up with you guys again soon. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.